In law, there are several careers a Latina can consider. One of them is immigration. And an immigration lawyer, and as a Latina, can really make a big difference for the rights of Latinos in several communities in the United States. Welcome to Ask the Latina. My guest today is Diana Marin, an immigration lawyer. She's a supervisor attorney for the Michigan Immigration Rights Center. Thank you, Diana, for being with us today. First, I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself, your upbringing. Um, at what point did you end up deciding that you wanted to be uh, a lawyer? Was it when you were in school or how was that experience? It was while I was in school. So I'm Diana Marin, and I'm currently a supervising attorney with the Michigan Immigrant Rights Center. And I grew up in a Honduran fam a household in, in the Bronx in New York City in the 80s and 90s. Um, I didn't have anyone in my family that was an attorney. Um, so it wasn't it wasn't until later that I had one aunt in Honduras who became an attorney. But otherwise, I was sort of first-generation college student. Um, and it was in college that I actually got hired to be an interpreter. I was bilingual. I grew up speaking Spanish at home and in church, and that really ended up serving me well um, because I got this gig at the law school, um, in, at a law school in New York City, where I was able to interpret for low-income individuals um, who were being represented by uh, attorneys and law students at this law school um, and there is where I really kind of got the bug. And I thought, wow, I, I might be able to do this. This sounds so, it seems so interesting and, um, and so helpful. You know, they were really helping people that I saw as a reflection of my own experience and my own family. So that's where I got the bug. And it took me a while to get to law school, but I eventually made it. So what was the stages that you took to law school? I mean, first of all, um, when you were in high school, was there something that you took there or was it, what did, what was your transition like from there? Yeah. So I went to a liberal arts college in, in New York and I was a little bit lost as a first generation college student, but I eventually made my way into the history department and um, ended up having an undergraduate degree in urban studies, which allowed me to have a lot of flexibility in the kind of courses I could take. Um, and since I sort of had an inclination that I, I might want to go to law school at that point, I, you know, consulted with some of the guidance um, folks. There was a, a Latinx group at, at my college that I really leaned on um, that really provided a great resource for me um, to not just keep, you know, a hold of my Latinx heritage, but also um, go to people that I felt safe to ask what I felt like were stupid questions, you know. So I learned about the LSAT there and I was able to get um, a low cost LSAT prep program. The LSAT is the um, entrance exam for law schools. And um, I did that and, you know, was working and was trying to finish my degree. Um, didn't like the score I got and felt a little bit disillusioned. So I thought, you know what, I need to work. I had, um, and I really needed to provide for my family. And so I went and I got a job at a nonprofit. Um, no, no. First I worked at a, as a paralegal at a law firm and thought, okay, well, let me see what it's like to work at a law firm. And I really enjoyed it. And, um, 
but it was it was intense work. I saw how long the long hours that those attorneys put in. I saw what it took to um, really have live that lifestyle. The golden handcuffs is what they call it. Um, and then I was like, okay, that was like interesting. I'm glad I did that. And but I really want to do nonprofit work. And so then I got another job at a housing organization. Did that for a couple of years. And then I ended up going back to the law school where I worked. Um, and they had the ability to be able to work during the day. If you worked for the law school, you could get your tuition paid for um, and you took classes at night. And again, first gen, low income student, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to pay for law school. So I did that. And that's how I ended up. I, I went back to the law school working as an administrator and eventually took the LSAT again, was happier with my score, also had all that experience of working in the law firm, working at a nonprofit, um, and still being committed to wanting to go to law school. And I applied and I got into the school that I was working at. So, Wow. What was the school that you were working at? Was that in, the, uh, in New York? It was in New York. It's called Fordham Law School. Um, and I went to undergrad at Fordham University in the Bronx. Wow, that's really great. Um, it's yeah. great that you found that opportunity. You over you overcame an obstacle to make yeah. that happen. So now, what is a typical day like where you're at? You're right now at the um, Michigan Immigration Rights Center, correct? Yeah, the Michigan Immigrant Rights Center, known as Merck. Mm-hmm. Um, I am uh, I specialize in employment law um, and specifically farm worker law, which is really a niche area of law, um, even within public interest. Um, so when I went to law school, I knew I wanted to do public interest work um, <laughs> to the chagrin of my family. <laughs> it's like, so you're not going to make any money. Um, and I said, no, but I, I will, but it just won't be as much as you expect it to be. Uh, but I, I knew just my heart was set on public interest work. And so um, I'm very happy what I'm doing. I'm, I love going to work. A typical day for me is actually, <laughs> there is no typical day. <laughs> There's answering a lot of emails a lot of requests from community members. Like today, I started out my day with an hour phone call to um, uh, a community leader in Mm. in the Monroe-Lenaway County area who had questions about housing discrimination, right? I don't do housing discrimination, but I sure know organizations and people that do. And we talked about other stuff that he's seeing in the community. And then we started planning for a forum, right, where my organization might be able to do a Know Your Rights presentation. And we were just sort of strategizing around that. Um, and then I went to doing some supervision because I supervise attorneys and, and staff at Merck um, and getting on phone calls about management stuff and internal procedures. And then I went to preparing, um, you know, for a meeting with a client in the afternoon where I was going to prepare him for a hearing. And so I needed to prepare myself first to prepare the client mm-hmm. and superviewing so client documents, reviewing. And all the while sort of ping-ponging lots of emails about new cases and other issues that are coming up. Um, Also, depositions for this week. Um, You know, I'm the kind of attorney that is called a litigator. We file lawsuits in court. Um, You know, I do primarily in federal court, um, which is cool. And especially because... I don't actually have to go to court as much as people think, um, but I get to do a lot of writing and research and a lot of thinking about strategy. And I find it really, I, I, I just love it. 
I really love my work and all on behalf of um, the Latinx community and farm worker community. So that makes it extra fun for me and special and important. That's really nice. And would you say that I think lawyers tend to be more analytical anyway? That's one of the traits that's very important, right? Because you and really great writers is <laughs> what I've noticed. Well, some of them could be better. <laughs> <laughs> Wherefore, and therefore, yes. yeah, yes. yeah, there's so. a lot of writing. Yeah, you have a lot of writing and a lot of, you know, got to be right precise because it's so mm -hmm. important, probably. Um, so that's really important. So is anyone else in your family in law? Or are you the first one? I'm the first one in the United States. I have an aunt who I adore, um, who, again, uh, against all odds and obstacles, um, became a lawyer in Honduras. Um, first one in her family. She's um, my uncle's, my maternal uncle's wife. Um, and But I actually know, I didn't grow up knowing that she was a lawyer or really knowing because she um, the, all, everything she overcame because she lived in Honduras and I was living in the Bronx and our families kept in touch. But, um, you know, living in different countries, uh, you don't fully keep in touch as much as you want. And so it's only now that she's in the U.S., um, not working as a lawyer, unfortunately, because she's, she's a home health aide. Um, but that's sort of the immigrant experience, right? Um, and, but really learning about everything she overcame and seeing how she was doing so much of what I'm, I did in my own life, but just like, you know, 20 years before mm -hmm. is really an inspiration. Um, but I am the first lawyer in the U.S. family and in my generation. That's great. That's wonderful. So if you went back to when you were 18, what advice would you give yourself given all this journey you've gone through? Um, don't lose confidence in yourself, you know, just, just hold on to it. Know that you're just as smart. You're just as capable. Um, and you have the grit and the, to, to get through it all. Yeah. It was, it was really hard. I think, um, you can't help but compare yourself when you're in these institutions of higher education and learning, mm -hmm. um, compare yourself to your peers, compare yourself to your peers' family, <laughs> Um, and wonder and doubt yourself. Um, yeah. And especially at 18, I think, you know, not knowing what the future had in store for me. Um, but I think my family gave me a deep commitment to education. My mother, despite her low education level, understood that that was a ticket out of two places. Um, and so I think, I think that's, I, I would definitely tell myself, like, you are smart enough, you can do this. Um, yeah. And I sometimes had to give myself those pep talks or someone else gave them for me. So I was thankful for those people. Well, too. You, you definitely were smart because you actually overcame because one of the things that's very, I think, uh, the cost of the field of going into being a lawyer can be pretty expensive in the time so that expensive. you study too to get your license and everything. But you overcame Absolutely. those obstacles in great great ways by working at the, where you were going to study, you know, at the college. So that's really a great idea. So you did a really good job with doing that because I think many people would wonder how many get the money. Of course there's financial aid, but maybe as Latinos, we don't like the financial aid too much. Um, yes. And uh, especially families uh, of new immigrants that come to this country, probably, you know, they think about that. But I think it was a great solution that you did. So like, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah, I would also say be creative, you know, think outside the box. You know, yes, as as 
first gen or like maybe not coming from households with a lot of resources, you're on your own to figure out the financial aspects of an undergrad education and a graduate school education. And yes, law school is extremely expensive. I wish I had told myself also like, go look for those scholarships. You know, there are things out there for you. I was just so overwhelmed that I could not get myself to, you know, I was just just trying to get through the LSAT and trying to get through, you know, the overcoming of the doubting of my myself. But I have met some, um, I've had some interns that have just been so resourceful and I'm just so in awe of them, you know, where they've gotten scholarships, like full rides. You know, maybe it's not exactly the first choice law school, but at least it's still good education and it's still a good place and they're going to be able to leave debt free. And at the same time, you're right. We shouldn't be afraid to take on this kind of debt because um, there are programs. I'm I'm counting on the public interest loan forgiveness program um, mm-hmm. to, to help me pay off my law school debt. Um, I know some people can't do that, but I think can't be afraid of the loans. I think that it's a good debt to take on, in my opinion, um, right, because it right. furthers your your career and it gets you to places that you otherwise can't get to. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, and I think I, what I see as far as law, especially in where you are and working with the community, there's, you are probably connected a lot with representatives, state representatives and different kinds of folks that are, you know, involved working with um, not only civil rights, but a lot of other different uh, things that would affect housing, like what you're working with. So that's really good. Did you ever think about maybe running for state representative? Or? <laughs> oh, no. My husband would kill me if I ran for office. <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, I've never thought of that. It's never. And I think it's because there's so much lack of representation. I can't see myself. We need I'm like, who? <laughs> right. Yeah, we certainly do. I mean, gosh, am I in awe of the ones that are out there doing it? Um, I'm very happy where I am right now. You know, I feel like I'm becoming an expert in my field and I'm doing it for the benefit of the farm worker community and the low wage immigrant workers that in the state of Michigan. Um, I feel like I have a lot to give still in that area. And so I, but I do support and admire and think absolutely that with a law degree, you have so much versatility that you can enter the political realm um, and you can do it quite nicely. In fact, this is where it comes like, I remember this one student in law school, I could see her just kind of not paying attention too much. And I would be like, gosh, like what? And so I got to know her a little bit. And then I, she's like, I'm just here because I need this degree so that I can enter politics. Like I'm going to go work in the Hill. Like, I don't care about what you all, I don't care about these private firms. Like I know what I'm doing, you know? And I think if there are Latinas that are entering law school with that in mind, that's great. Like we need you, we need you there in the halls of power. Um, Definitely. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a great point. <laughs> and, and especially, you know, what you're doing, though, with the farm workers are important, too. And I think yeah. uh, you probably can see that there was probably a big demand at the center where you work, especially when we had the last administration and all the issues yeah. that were going on with um, a lot of the farm workers and immigrants and and difficulties that they went through. So, um, yeah. you know, Probably even daughters of farm workers are probably looking at, you know, wanting to be a lawyer because of what their parents have gone through. And so this is great that they get to listen to you 
and see that this is definitely a possibility. So, so what is your favorite uh, quote? What's something that inspires you, uh, inspires you to move on the next day? Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> despite loving to read, I have terrible memory to remember quotes and I can't ever do that. There is, I think, a Walt Whitman quote um, that I learned in in high school. Um, I was able, you know, I, I did. I went to a very small liberal arts high school where um, they did a great job teaching us history and literature. Um, and it it's something I'm going to paraphrase, but like it's it's something about like to live what's what it means to live a good life, um, and it's really about um, touching. A, a child's life, right? Um, seeing a child's smile, touching somebody's life in a positive way. Um, and I really, I really kind of, that resonates so much for me. Um, and I think it, it really does um, speak to sort of some of my core values and what I think is important in life. Um, and I really do try to live my life that way. You know, am I doing things that are benefiting others? Am I doing things that are meaningful, both with for my family, my my the people that I, I love, but also for people that I don't know necessarily, and um and that's why I think the farm farm worker work is so meaningful to me, because my clients I get to know them in a very narrow window of time. I often don't talk to them after we resolve their cases, right? But I feel good about the work we've done together and how I've I've I and my organization has been able to help them in probably some of the worst times in their lives, right? They're not usually coming to us with happy stories. They're coming to us with things that were not good. Um, so, but yeah, so Walt Whitman, of course, because I, I would remember Martin Luther King, you know, all of his writings, I mean, are just quotable, but I will, don't do them justice, like just inspiring um, to me um, in the fight for justice and also just the interracial um, and, and across class lines, right, really resonates for me, all of all of um, his words, um, powerful words. So, yeah, that's great. Yeah. And I know that you're probably touching a lot of people's lives and they probably appreciate it. I know the center you work at is amazing. And and it sounds like you are making a big difference for, for the farm workers that you're working with. I hope so. We don't win every case, but we at least try you're there for the fight so that's what they yeah. you know alongside of them whether yeah you know you're you're helping them get their voice yeah. out and uh that's important and i and you know for me also i just feel like they really deserve like farm workers and low-wage workers to save the deserve the same quality legal representation that these corporate employers have right they have these fancy lawyers that um, you know, get paid $300 an hour, you know, or their firms do and are making a lot of money and therefore are going to go to bat. And we, we want to give the same, if not better representation we want, you know, for, because they do deserve that and much more. So, yeah, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have food on the table. That's so, true. Yep. It's so important. Absolutely. They're, they're the, uh, they're the most important part of our, you know, our lives. So that's, yeah. that's why we should take care of them. So thank you. Yeah. So mm. I really appreciate it. So this has been really uh, insightful. And I think you've inspired Latinas definitely as far as this uh, career in law. Mm. And I think that yes. immigration law is really a, a very important one. So thank you so much for everything you shared with us. 
Yes. And of course, if any of you listening are interested in an um, internship with Merck, just check out our website. It's www.michiganimmigrant.org. And we have an internships page and we always take summer interns and they're paid internships because that's super important. We want to make this accessible to Latinas and we love, love hosting, um, you know, uh, bilingual uh, Latina interns. So that's great. I'm going to make sure mm -hmm. I I uh, post that as well. Thank okay. you. Well, this yeah. concludes our show with Asa Latina. Thank you for being with us. And we hope that you'll join us in the next one.